and Happy New Year's, Baltimore. Welcome to 2017 with Man in the Mirror. I'm your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, with our fabulous co-host, Michelle Johnson. Welcome back to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Hezekiah. Glad to be back. Excellent. And I'm truly excited tonight about this show because we have a great guest tonight. We have none other than our pastor, Corey McCraw, on the show tonight. And um, and he has a dynamite story. I got a chance to sit down and chat with him um, a couple weeks ago, and I said I would love to have him on our story to start this new year off. But before we start the show off, as always, we're going to um, start off in prayer. And first, uh, welcome to the show, um, Pastor McCraw. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm I'm just honored. I'm honored that you would allow me to be a part of what you all are doing, and uh, just you know share my story and 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 you know be a part of helping someone. So I thank you uh, so much for the opportunity uh, to be here tonight. Excellent. As again, we're going to start off in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father. We just bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lying down, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to another day, a day that we've never seen before, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for loving us. We even thank you, Lord, for a little bit of snow we had, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the cold, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for just grace and mercy, Lord. We just thank you for this great man of God that's on the show tonight, Lord. We just ask you just to use him, Lord, use him in a special way because he has a story, and his story reaches the masses wherever he goes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for just being with him. Bless his family. Bless, bless those who are around him. Bless those that he come in contact with daily. And we will never give fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. We ask yes. all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before. Before we get started, if you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone, and you'll be put in our queue. Um, we can be reached. We are on www on the web at www.livetalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror, and also you can call in at nine one seven eight eight nine two two seven one and come you know come support this man of God that's here today telling us his story. Um, and I'm actually going to read a little bit, you know, give a little, you know, backup information, and then he's going to fill in the rest because that's one thing I like about our mantra, our motto, real people, real stories, real overcomers. Corey McCraw is a pastor working full-time with The Answer, Inc., a nonprofit organization located in East Baltimore. This organization specializes in teaching the spiritual principles that govern life while addressing the practical needs of job training and placement coupled with entrepreneurship training and opportunities as well as resources for those trying to move forward in freedom from the criminal justice system. Becoming homeless at the age of 19 and after having gone through the many addiction treatment programs throughout Baltimore City, Corey found himself at the answer in 2009, as the truth does indeed make one free. The truth about addiction did just that, and an encounter with God that led to the discovery of purpose 
and significance in his life has inspired this man to reach beyond the boundaries of organized religion to bring the message that is simple, direct, and spoken in the language of those who appear to be the hardest to reach. Without further ado, we are going to bring on Pastor Corey. We want you to tell us your story and about your pastorship of how you do, you know, your story from the beginning. Because, you know, we know that, and from what I'm hearing on the news, that Baltimore is almost a drug-infested city, and things are just yes. all over our city right now. So what I want you to do is tell us your story. That was just a synopsis, but I know it's longer than that. So tell us your story. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know, I, I, um, I was raised by a, uh, by a single mom. My dad uh, was a, uh, a drug addict. Um, and, um, you know, coming up during the times that I would see him, he, uh, he would tell me, he would tell me, he, he, I remember being seven years old, about seven or eight years old, and going to see him and spend time with him one day. And I remember him taking me to an NA meeting as a little boy. Um, and I, I remember uh, us pulling up to the meeting, and he turned the car off, and he turned and looked at me. I've never forgotten this. He turned and looked at me, and he said, Corey, I know that you don't necessarily understand all of what's going on, uh, but I want you to know that if you um, ever find yourself uh, involved in drugs, this is probably where you're going to need to come. So the, the, the reality is when, it, is when it comes to addiction, I was introduced to it um, very early in life. Um, and by the time I was 17, maybe about 10 years later, I was entering my first uh, rehabilitation program. Um, I, I went through uh, several programs. I went through uh, the, the various uh, models of addiction treatment that exist today from the mental health perspective to the holistic approach to the dual diagnoses to the, you know, all the different. I, I went to this program three times. I went to this one four times. I went to this one three times. None of them were short-term. All of them were six months to a year. Um, and I did that. I did that in my life for 12 years. Um, and at the end of it, I found myself at a place called The Answer. Um, I, I, uh, you need to know that at that point, I truly had given up because at that point in my life, I was 29 years old. I had never had a place of my own. I had never held a job for more than six months. Um, and truly, after years of trying to get clean and stay clean and, and just, you know, just, just you know, get, get myself together, I, I truly had reached a point um, that I did not really see any hope anymore. I went to the answer because I had, got, I had gotten put out for the fourth time. I was leaving the program that I was in, and at that point the answer was a place that was unknown. They didn't know me. I didn't know them, and it was another place to go. My plan was to go there until that was over, and that was as far as my plans went at that point. I was, I was, I was, you know, I, I was, I was truly without hope at that point. 
Um, but when I went to the answer, um, I heard addiction explained in a way that I had never heard before. Um, and I, I do fully believe that it is that it is the truth about addiction. I, listen, the the, uh, the the truth makes you free. I believe that about the truth. And so, if if there is a level of of bondage in my life, if there is a level of bondage anywhere in my life, then what that means is that there is a a truth that I need to know that I don't know. And so, uh, I went to the answer and I learned about addiction, and not only about addiction. Um, the other thing I got at the answer uh, was um, they dealt a lot there with. Uh, with manhood and what it means to be a man um, from, from, from God's perspective, from the perspective of spiritual principles. And I will say that um, a lot of, a lot of I, I personally believe that a lot of what we see today in the inner cities of this entire country pretty much is, is at, at, its, at its root and at its, at its base level a result of fathers not being in the home and being the 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 uh you know being what they were were designed and created and intended to be by God so um those two things um and also like like you said uh an encounter with God which i think is 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 also it well is really the the um the whole catalyst to anyone uh really changing uh, uh their their direction in life their perspective of themselves, of their life, and really, really moving forward in freedom, and um, those those things have allowed me to um, come from being a person that literally slept on the sidewalk when I was 19 years old. I used to sleep on the corner of Charles and Lombard, where that bridge goes over over top of the street right there, um, and the steps that come down the courtyard. Um, at that time, I, I had headphones because I needed the music to drown out the sound of the cars that were riding up and down the street. And I would wake up. It was uh, it was the time of year where it was a little chill at night, so I would I would wake up um, and I would walk over to the harbor and sit on a bench facing the east and wait for the sun to come up so I could get warm. And I was 19 years old at this time, and I'm telling you that I that I sat on that bench and I looked around at the the other men around me and people around me in the same situation that were a lot older than me, and I'm watching the people jogging and walking their dogs because it's the harbor. And I'm looking at these people, and I'm saying to myself, how in the world did I get here? This was not the plan. It was not the plan. <laughs> it wasn't. It, it, it really, really wasn't. Um, but uh, when, when it comes to addiction, I, I will forever be grateful to the Answer Incorporated um, and the founder, uh, Johnny Elmore Jr., for um, going through what he went through and, and, and his obedience to lay out um, what, what I sincerely believe is the truth straight from God about what addiction is and, uh, and how to be free from it. So that's, that's, a, that's a, uh, you know, I guess a brief uh, overview of of uh, what my journey has been. Wow, that 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 is a lot. But if we back up, because you know, 
um, you said at seven or eight, the twenty-seven eight, get you know that, that took you to an NA meeting. So you basically yes. was introduced. That was basically almost your first. Um, what is that? Narcotics Anonymous. Yes. 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 All right, because I'm not familiar with the terms, but um, I don't mind learning. So that was your first meeting or introduction to it. And I think he was trying to, what was the word, forelow or just tell you, trying to tell you this is what it is. So this is where I don't want you to be because our parents don't want us Mm -hmm. to end up in the same situation because it becomes what we call today. If we read about it, we read about it in the Bible, it becomes a generational curse. Yes. And with those generational curses is gone from let me ask back up and ask you a question. Was his father on drugs? Um, no, but um my grandmother, I believe, was an alcoholic. His mother uh was was an okay. alcoholic. I don't have a lot of memories of her. Um but uh, okay. yes, and, and also also there's there's addiction in, in um uh, my mother's side of the family as well. The reality is you you, you probably hard pressed this day and age to find someone that 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 addiction does not touch them in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, in the right. family or even a close friend or loved one or what have you. Yeah. So we have so it was a generational curse and your father knew it and he was trying yes. to say, Okay, this is what I don't want you to do, you know, because mm-hmm. you're at mm-hmm. you know this is you're not going to understand this because a kid you just what second right. third grade you're not going to understand yeah. this but this is what he was trying to tell you but as life goes on and I'm just going you know about everything but he did say but if you get here he did say you need to be in one of these places you this is where you yeah. need to go because yeah. you know and he I, knew I, that I, I if him... he did go there yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I, I I I give I give him credit, and I, I appreciate the fact that he 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 had the foresight to try to, um, you know, because and also now being a father and raising two sons, I I am, you know, I have experienced how terrifying it is to look at my son and see myself, and 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 want to, you know, <laughs> to you know to to help him, uh, you know, navigate. Uh, you know, so so I, I definitely look look back on it, uh, and I guess that's why I never forgot it because I really appreciated him, um, you know, trying to uh, to give me some insight and to to uh, because it did it 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 it's, it it was the road that I took that led me to where I am today. It's just no doubt about it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And then um, so since you were told very early and. To give us that, give us. Let's back up a little bit. You said at the age of seventeen. So when did you real? When did you, little Corey McCraw, you know, start wanting to experiment, or what? How did you get caught up in the addiction? Okay, um, what I what I know today is that, and it's it's taken years. It's taken years of me looking at my life and. Um, you know, the, the uh, growing up and what what happened to me and how it affected me, how it shaped my view of myself, my life, and things of that nature. Um, addiction is a, is 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 stems from emptiness. That's 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 what it stems from. Hence hence the 
the the the um the analogy of filling the void, so to speak. Um, so at at uh, at a young age, I was a very empty person, and the reason the reason was that I was when I was born, my one of my legs was twisted. Um, you know, my foot like it, it was it was like a ninety degree angle almost. Um, so I, I I had braces on my legs growing up as a young boy, and my knees. You know, my knees had issues and things like that, so I, I wasn't able to go outside and run around and, and all of that. And um, I was the middle child. I was the middle child. I had an older brother and a younger sister, and it was my mom and us three. Um, now, the reality is I was a, I was a really happy kid. You know, the peop- my mom would describe I was the kid that all you had to do was look at me and I would smile at you and all of these kinds of things. But, you know, uh I'll give you an example of of the you know my my upbringing that led to the emptiness to where when I touched a drug it hit a place it hit a place so coming up my older brother was was he was a star athlete and he was you know he had the sports and the smarts okay he went to the private school he was you know it was you know and that was him and then my younger sister she um, she was a, a, a model at a young age, you know, by 13 and 14. She was on the news. She was in Baltimore Magazine and these kinds of things. Um, and then there was me in the middle, and I didn't have a whole lot going on. So what would happen is we would go to my grandmother's house for holidays, and my older brother would walk in, and they'd say, hey, Frank, how you doing? We you know, we heard about you playing football and you going to the school and that's great and that's wonderful. And then my sister would walk in and say, hey, Josh, how you doing? You, man, we saw you on TV and you were in the magazine and all of that and that's great and that's wonderful. And then I walk in and they say, hey, Corey, how you doing? Now, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, they're, they're, you know, to look at me back then, none of that was showing None, none, of, none of the way that affected me, the way that that affected how I saw myself and my life, and you, you understand what I mean? It didn't show at that time, but by the time I was 17, um, coming out of high school, I'm faced with life now. I'm coming from a place where I never really had a healthy self-image. I never had a, a very uh, a healthy sense of self-worth. Um, you know, and, and for a man, for, for, for a young man, um, growing up, you know, I didn't move with my father until I was 14 years old. It was kind of, you know, and then he was still kind of in and out. So that, that didn't really, you know, give me kind of what I was looking for from, from that area of my life either. Um, I folded, I fold, I, I did what, what a lot of young men do today coming up in the inner city when it came to, when I looked at my life and I'm, I'm at this age now where everybody's saying you got to be a man now and you got to do this and do that. The reality is how I'm, how I'm supposed to be something. I don't even know what it looked like. I grew up looking at my mom. You understand what I'm saying? So I looked at life. I felt unprepared. I felt unequipped and I folded and fell in with the crowd, which is what most young, young people coming out of the inner city, coming from homes where there's, there's, there's no father and sometimes not even a mother. You're being raised by a grandma, so there's, there's you, you know, and you, you, you're faced with life, and I folded. I had nothing. 
I had absolutely nothing. No one made me go out and live on the street. When I, and, you know, the reality is a lot of times today what, this is what is covered up with the image. You know what I mean? It, you know, the, the image that covers all of this up is the pants hanging and, and yeah, and, and meat meals and blase blah and all of that. But the reality is that's a cover-up. You, just like me, were scared when, when, you, when you at about 7, 16, 17, 18, now you got to face life. And the reality is this is a lot harder to step out and be an individual. It's a lot harder to discover who you are, to discover your purpose and significance. Uh, uh, for those for those for those of you, if you're listening, young bruh, and you 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 know you 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 might be with your grandmama right now because she picked you up and y'all riding in the car or something, or you over your aunt's house or something, and she got the spiritual stuff on. But you 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 about that life for real. The reality is that's a punk move, bruh. That's a cover up. It is. You're no different than me. You're you're hurt. You're scared. And most of all, you're probably angry. So um, all of all of those things. So so with, with all of that going on inside, when I touched a drug, the first time I touched a drug, I felt this amazing sense of relief. It it just it it was it was an escape from everything that I that I really had no escape from. I didn't know what to do with. Now let me also say that I was raised in church. I was ra- I'm t- and I'm talking about I was raised in church. We didn't just go. We went to Sunday school. I was in the children's choir. I was singing solos. I did the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts. I mean, Mom tried her best. I mean, she went to the to every length she could to to get you know to 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 get get me off on the right foot to get all of us off on the right foot. But I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something, Hezekiah. Um, there is no replacement. There is no replacement and no substitute for what God uh, has established as the head of a home through which he gives wisdom and insight and structure and order. I look at my five-year-old son now, and I just I watch him. It, it's almost like I can see him sucking out of me the 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 masculinity that he sees when he looks at me. I mean, my son, will, my five year old son will tell you in all sincerity and all truth, my daddy's muscles are bigger than Incredible Hawks. I mean, he just. <laughs> he, I'm serious. He 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 believes it wholeheartedly. He believes it wholeheartedly. In his mind, I wow. am the strongest man on the planet. And there is no substitute for that. Manhood is an essence that is passed down from a, a man to a boy. And when that is missing, when that is missing, um, you know, just, 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 just go on and walk up and down some of the streets of, of, of Baltimore City, bro. So, all, all, you know, addiction, add, addiction is not really a problem with drugs. That's, the, that's, the, that's one of the... the, the um, the reasons why a lot of programs are revolving doors. Granted, there are people, you know, there are all kinds of different people that have had different experiences that have come out of addiction in, in various types of ways. But the reality is addiction is not a problem with drugs. Addiction is a problem that is expressed through 
obsessive and compulsive drug use or, or other actions like gambling. And there's a reason why there's an Alcoholics Anonymous, a Narcotics Anonymous, an Overeaters Anonymous, mm-hmm. a Gamblers Anonymous. You know, so, so addiction is not a problem with drugs. Addiction is a problem that is expressed through obsessive and compulsive behavior that even though it is clearly detrimental to one's health and well-being, one cannot help but to do it. That is what addiction is. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with Hezekiah Montgomery and our fabulous co-host Michelle Johnson. And we are having a live interview with Pastor Corey McCraw. He is telling us the 411 about his life and about, you know, what he had to go through to overcome addiction. Um, you can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. Um, any comments, Michelle? Any questions? Well, this is really, really good. I, I've just been listening because the, the story uh, for Pastor McCraw is really is very um, relatable. And I'm listening and I'm thinking, you know, any young guy that hears what you're saying at this point, they could really understand you, even if they don't want to admit to some things, but they can understand you. I'm I'm sitting here listening. Now, I'm not a I'm not a young guy, so I know I'm not the expert on that. But what I'm saying is what you're saying sounds relatable and it's real. And Praise I wanted Lord. to act Yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, so you said you had that, that realization of of um, being, I guess, like the addiction itself being explained to you in a whole different way, and that was eye-opening for you. Was there anything yes. else that really led to you having that breakthrough to be able to follow in this purpose that you're on now? Well, um Yes, there, there, there actually are several things. I can pick a few out. Um, I, I am a person that, um, you know, I had, I, I had daddy issues, okay, and so, um, I, and I, I struggled with, with this, 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 this anger that I had towards my father, in spite of the, 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 the love that I felt for him, you know, I had all of that going on and resentments and things like that. Um, and, you know, in, in order to move forward in life, forgiveness is, 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 um, it's one of those things that's just key. If you're, if, if you're a person, especially if you're, if you, you know, bondage is bondage. If you're a woman that's, that's coming out of an abusive relationship, if you are coming out of addiction, if you you know bondage is bondage and forgiveness of of not only of other people but of oneself is usually the big the biggest one right there. But you mm-hmm. know no 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 one no one is exempt. If you if you if you've been living life for you know a number of years, there's probably some hurts and some pains and some things. So one day, I was sitting and I was listening to Tony Evans, and he was telling a little bit of his story actually. And he was talking about how his father was the one that made the difference in his life. 
um, and how he was the first one that, that to get saved, and eventually he, he brought his mom in, and the whole household got turned around, and he was just giving his father all this praise. And what I started to do when I heard that was have the same conversation that I always had when it came to my dad. You know, when, 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 you know, when it comes to transforming the mind, a lot of what that, that's really talking about is just the conversations that we have with ourselves, you know. And so I sat there and I started to have that same old conversation. Man, I wish my dad was at a why da 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 and my dad did it, but for some reason, mm-hmm. for some reason, I give God all the glory. That day and that moment, I stopped. I stopped the, the tape from playing, and I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I am not going to keep having this conversation right here. And I swear, I swear, I'm trying to tell you, it, that was it. It was after years of, of wrestling with with you know, uh, what I thought was all of these emotions and all of these, you know, these different things and feelings, what I really realized was that if I stop thinking about it the way that I've always thought about it, then things change, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So um, that, mm-hmm. that, was, that, was, that was a big one. And also that led to, me understanding that, hey, listen, you're not always going to get the apology that you want from that person. You know what I mean? There's somebody out here that may be listening to this right now, and one of your hang-ups is they never said, I'm sorry. Guess what? I must tell you, Mm -hmm. you may never hear it. You may never hear it from them. You, you, you may never hear what you want to hear. You, they may never take responsibility the way you feel like they should. That may never happen. But at some point, I have to be the one to forgive them, not for them, but so I can move on. I have to be the one to decide to move forward in my life. So that's just one, um, um, you know, there was a, I'll give you one more, um, you know, Going through the various programs, I tried medication. You know, you, you get the dual diagnosis, and so now you, you bipolar depressive, and so you take this medication, and we're going to do the therapeutic community, and we're going to do all that, and, you know, I, I did all that. So um, I'm in the place, and I'm taking medication, and, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not, hey, it, it made me feel real nice, and I felt real good, and everything going on and all that. But as as things went on, I found myself, uh, because I told you I just went from program to program, so I get to the next program, right? And I'm walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden I realize I don't have my medication. I have been taking depression Mm -hmm. medication for about three months straight, and right now I'm cold turkey and I haven't had it for days, and I got scared that I was going to have that crash that they talk about. Right? So mm-hmm. I'm walking down the hall. It kicked off when I saw the little medication room, and I remembered, man, I don't have this medication. But for whatever reason, once again, I give all glory to God. I was walking. By the time I got around the corner to the steps, I had another one of those moments, and I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to accept that. I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to go on about my business and do what I need to do, and I'm telling you, that was the last time I have taken medication 
for anything. Um, and and I'm a person that wow. if any, you know, during that time in my life, if any anyone with any, you could have went to BCCC and took a little psychology class, it was a no-brainer that I was a depressed person, okay? I mean, I didn't want to open my blinds. I didn't want to get out of bed. I mean, it was classic. You could have checked me off. But I understand that um, it's done unto you as you believe, you know, we, 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 I am, I am, the, the, the truth about it is, I am, I, I am who I say I am. I have the choice to agree with who God says I am or not, but that's still my choice. It's, 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 the ball's in my court, you know? Um, so those, those are just a couple of things that, that, uh, a couple of the things that happened along the way that, um, you know, just that just helped me to to uh, get get over the the various uh, some of the various things that that I think are commonplace today that people you know because everybody's just trying to to survive to find some peace in their life to you know um, fulfillment I don't think is something that people look for uh, enough today I think fulfillment is a lost uh, principle. Um, most most people work for their survival, um, but I, I I tend to try to trust God for my survival and seek after fulfillment in in the thing that He has has um, has has called me to do. Um, and it's a risky life, but the rewards are are great. <laughs> amen. amen, amen, amen. Uh, we're now at a halfway mark, and we will uh, we will begin some more information from you. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. Um, we're going to have a few notes from our supporters. Take a few minutes break and listen to some music, and we'll be back with you know con- the continuance of our live interview with pa- uh, Pastor Corey McCraw. Um, Couple notes from a couple of our supporters. Music instructions for all learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instructions such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit our website, www.methalinc.org. That's M-I-F as in Frank, A-L-I-N-C dot org. Another supporter is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was to create, was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. And we'll, you know, we're going to take a break, as I said right now, and we will be back after a few minutes of listening to I Give Myself Away, which I think is very appropriate for tonight's show, our first show mm-hmm. of 2017. How many of us have been still right in 2016? I know I have. I've, I've been you know, trying to... <laughs> It takes a minute, you know, we try to give, we try to be back in last January, but we are moving <laughs> on to something greater. And again, oh yes. And don't forget, we have our Twitter, Twitter account. We are at M I T 
M, Man in the Mirror, I Talk Radio, M-I-T-M, I Talk Radio on Twitter. That is our tag on Twitter, and I, I'm tweeting everything out about the shows, about our guests. We keeping this train moving. We're going for bigger and better things in 2017. Again, here is I Give Myself Away. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can. Come on, let him know. I give myself. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. What would happen if a generation embraced it? Come on, tell me. Here I am. Here I am. Take my heart. Take 
the the idea when you when you say the word pastor, there's there's you know I, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but I would dare say that for most people there's a there's a a, a an image that you that that generates in your mind of of what a pastor is and what a pastor does and all of all of that. Um, and I was a person that was raised in church. I mean, in church heavy. Um, and um, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't tell you that uh, there was this moment uh, where I, re- uh, you know, the, uh, you know, this, 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 this really big, great call moment. It, it, it we'll say. Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was more um, a journey of discovery. As I went to, as I went along, it's like you said. You know, you, you, you know. I got saved. Give, you know, uh, give my life to Christ, and then um, there's a journey. There's a journey that starts, and uh, along the journey, as I, can, uh, you know, learn things about myself, and you know, like the stories that I've told, things about, uh, you know, how I got to where I was, and you know, uh, uh, the rest of that is just learning who I am. Um, you know, learning what what is in my heart to do because I'm I, I'm gonna tell you something. Um, it's 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 way 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 easier to go get a job, to go get the highest paying job that you can get, and be happy and you know pay your bills and live out your life. It's way easier to do that versus trying to live out what is in your heart to do that's that's a that's a whole different that's a whole different approach on life it involves risk it involves um you know being willing to 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 uh it it, it sacrifice relationships that's the kind of journey that everybody can't go people are going to come and go along the journey and there's there's all these kinds of things so it was really um um, just a journey of discovering um, me, because I, I, I believe that that if you if you are breathing, then you have a purpose. If you are here on earth, then you have a purpose. God does not do anything without a purpose. And so, um, but I believe that that purpose is not a, a, a purpose is not necessarily a thing or a title or a a, a a you know purpose is the journey that God has for your life. Uh, uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will direct your path. It's a it's a journey. Um, and so what I what I in 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 as far as being a pastor, being a pastor for me um, does not necessarily mean that um, I I have um, a congregation. Uh, that that follows me per se. I don't want people to follow me. What I what I want is for um, I'll, I'll go back to it. The, the the young man that's sitting like you, there may be a group of, of of people sitting and listening, and you the young dude, you're trying the hardest not to listen, and you're trying real 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 hard to to make to to make sure that everybody sees you're not listening. Because you want everybody to know that you're not that guy. Because you bought that life for real. Yeah, all right, whatever, blah, 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 okay. For me, pastoring is letting you know, sir, young man, bruh, that God has something to say to you too. 
and it's not what you think. It's not what you think, God, that you are significant. You are not a mistake, that God puts you here for a reason, that God will father you if you didn't have one. That, to me, that's what pastoring is. Not, not, I don't want you to follow me. What I want you to do is encounter God for yourself and go on the journey that God has for your life. I want to help you along the way. I want to encourage you. Don't get, I, I ain't trying to tell you what to do either because I'm not God. I didn't put you here, and I don't keep you here, and I am not the one that you're going to have to answer to when your life is over. All I want is for the young person walking around, you might be the dude that thinks being a Christian is a punk. I'm, I'm, let me tell you something. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, uh, you, 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 you decide to go on the journey with God. You, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. I'm trying to watch my mouth and just be, you know, because I can be, I can be <laughs> straightforward. And I, I think y'all can tell right. where, I where I'm coming I from. And, we appreciate I, that. I'm right, right. I'm so, with you, so, I'm with you. Right. So I'm, I'm just for me pastoring. Like I believe that um, if the gospel is to be preached in every tongue and to every nation, then there is a nation of, of, of young people out here in society today that speak a certain language and the gospel must be preached to them. There has to be someone that is willing to go outside of the box enough to reach these young people where they are. So if you are that young person and there's a little small part of you that still thinks that one day maybe somebody, God, may have something to say to me. You're wondering whether or not it's real or not, that it, that it, that it may. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, yes, God has something to say to you too. And God is a lot more concerned with who you are as opposed to what you're doing. Don't let what you do be the thing that makes you disqualify yourself from God because you don't look a certain way, you don't dress a certain way, you don't talk a certain way. I get all that, that's, that but that's not what we're talking about. I'm telling you that God has something to say to you too, that you are significant, that you have a purpose just like everybody else. So for me, that's, that's, that's and I, I came to that through, um, you know, my, my own life and my own journey of going through um, the... Uh, traditional religious approach versus, um, you know, the, 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 the reality of a relationship where God speaks to me in my daily life through, you know, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm looking at, um, and just being open to, um, you know, the, the, the Bible says my sheep know my voice. And that's, that's, that's where the, 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 the individual personal relationship, because there's things that God needs to say to you about you that only he knows. Your mama don't know. Your daddy don't know. They didn't make you. They didn't make you. God used them to get you here. But there's things that God needs to say to you, and only he can say them. Only he can speak to where you need to be spoken to about what you need to be spoken to about. So for me, pastoring is um, you know I'm not I'm not one that looks for that looks to necessarily build a um, you know a, a congregation or or following I just like to travel around um, I go to the prisons I go to the Baltimore County Detention Center on Sundays um, you know and 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 just wherever I can be effective 
And, um, you know, I sincerely believe that the easiest way to keep the chosen generation from realizing their potential is to convince them that they are lost. They're not lost. They're, they're the, 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 the generation that is the quote-unquote lost ones, they're the one because they're, they're, they're the future. They're, they're, they're the future. So I, I just try to, um, I try to be used wherever I can. I try to be obedient to God, um, and I try to be as real and as honest as possible. And I have to be true to myself. I have to. I have to. I cannot, um, I cannot uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, approach the, the work that God has me to do and not be true to myself. I believe that when God says, if you delight in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. What he literally is saying is if you get to the place where you, where what you delight to do is the thing that pleases me, then in turn, the thing that pleases me will be the thing that is in your heart to do. And so um, I don't necessarily look at that in terms of stuff, of getting things. I, I believe that, that God's desire for me is to be who he created me to be and to do the thing that is in my heart to do. So um, that's, 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 that's what it is for me. Amen, and I commend you for that because a lot of pastors, traditional pastors, you know, uh, you know, as my pastors say, anybody can wear a backward collar, collar right. but it's truly what's in your heart. What did God put you here to do? And I commend you for that because um, you are that one, and this is my vision, that those out there where pe- a lot of people don't want to go, want to go. You're that right. one to go out there. Uh, Matthew eighteen twelve to 14 says, if a man has a hundred sheep, but one of them mm. becomes lost, mm. and the man yes. will leave the other 99 sheep on a hill, mm-hmm. he, will go to, he will go to look for the lost sheep, right? Yep. And if the man That's finds right. the lost sheep, the man is happy about that one sheep than about the 99 sheep that were never lost. I tell right. you the truth. In the same way, your Father in heaven does not want any of these little children to be lost. And, mm. you know, a lot of, you know, and I've experienced that, but, you know, with a lot of these pastors, they won't go out for that one. They, I got 99 over here. I got the rest <laughs> over here, so why should I worry about that one? But I'm realizing, if I, if I, rem- if I remember, the, the shepherd has a staff, and that's what your shepherd has a staff, and with that staff has a hook. And with that hook is when mm-hmm. that, we always see that picture of the that one lamb or that one sheep that went over. He break, yep. he goes down there and gets that sheep and uses the hook mm-hmm. to hook him back in. And then what yep. he does is, and I'm I'm going back with my history. He'll probably, he'll break that sheep's leg and cover and put it on his shoulder, so they can mm. have that intimacy where he will take that sheep. And bring it back and nurse it back to health. Yeah, he has those ninety nine, but he'll bring that sheep back to him with him right. and keep that until that sheep get itself together and so that sheep will know that I am here for you. Because we yes. all stray. We all go hey, through hey. our prodigal sin. We all go through our Paul. You know, I told you when That's we right. met, I went through my Paul scenario. Paul was going out Paul first name was Saul, real name was Saul. He was mm-hmm. killing and murdering the with the believers, but once he had that, yeah. once he had that vision, once God knocked him down, the first word came out of his mouth was, 
Jesus. Mm, Here right. I am, Lord. First word, man never said those words in his whole entire life. But once he got knocked down off his, quote, my pun, his high horse, mm-hmm. then he said, here I am, Lord. And God gave him his instructions. And this is a man that was murdering the believers. That's right. And he wrote, That's right. he's known for writing a majority of the New Testament. That's so right. So God can take that one that he's seen that was lost. He can take a man like you and go into the prisons, go in where these guys are lost because they need a person like you because everybody don't want to do it. You know, a lot of these guys have these mega churches. They're not going nowhere. They're happy where they're at, <laughs> right. but they're 4,000. Right. Why should right. I go to a jail that only has that only has a few? Mm-hmm. But um, we definitely appreciate you. We definitely appreciate you. And as we're about to um, close, any closing remarks, Michelle? I just really wanted to um, thank Pastor McCall for just coming on the show today. You thank know, you. Thank you. I want to thank you for, yes, I, I just want to thank you for yielding to your purpose that God has for you because I really believe that if we don't each individually walk in the purpose that God has set for us, then someone is missing out and mm. someone is remaining lost that can yes. be taken back to him. So yes. we have to all walk in our purpose because our purpose here is definitely to win the souls back to him, but he has specific things that each of us must do. And so you mm-hmm. are walking in that specific purpose that God has laid for you. And I thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I thank, I thank both of you, brother Hezekiah, um, sister Michelle. I appreciate the opportunity to, to just be a part of the awesome work that, that, that you all do and to share um, and to just, you know, I pray that God uh, touch someone that, that um, you know, that if there was someone listening who doesn't know him, I pray that someone was encouraged to to keep fighting, to keep pressing, and I just thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Not a problem. We thank you. And, you know, I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening and if you didn't get a chance to talk to a guest, hey, you know, I'm giving their is there information for them to contact you, Brother McCall? Uh yes, the answer incorporated is located at twelve twelve East twenty fifth street. Uh the phone number is four one zero eight eight nine two nine two nine. Uh we do a lot of various things there. Please come by, give us a call. Amen, amen. Um Pastor Corey is a very inspirational purpose person. And as always, Pastor McCraw, you are now part of our man and the Mara family. If you have any more Thank questions, you. you know, you're going to, you know, you can put them in our event page. But um, I just thank you because we've learned a lot, you know, and sometimes we have to realize that the struggle is real. Yes. <laughs> when we get to the end, when we, you know, like I wrote, like I wrote in my book, when we get into that, when we, when we just have to keep looking for that light, at the end of the tunnel, many people stop, but once we yeah. see that light, God will make it worth our while. Once we get there, we can't stop. We have to keep moving. Amen. We have to keep moving. And That's and again, right. I thank you for coming on, man in the mirror. And we definitely have to thank have you, you come on again because we need some more about what you do. And as Absolutely. always, this is Hezekiah. L. This is Hezekiah L. Montgomery. And as always, we'll see you. 
at the mirror. <laughs> 